This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Front Porch Radio in Columbia, Tennessee, 101.7 WKOM. I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. 
Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. All right, let's do this thing, shall we? Don't be nervous, okay? Don't be nervous. Bueno, 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 bueno Tuesday. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Man, that's a ton of stuff here. We're going to talk some Tennessee football, some Tennessee hoops. Hail to the victors valiant. Hail to the cheaters prosper. Hail, hail to Michigan, the cheaters over there. Ha, ha, ha. Hail to the victors valiant. Hail when the cheaters prosper. Hail, hail to Michigan. They've got the film on you. Ha, ha, ha. Not bad for off the top of my head. As I bring uh, Matt Dixon in here now. Matt, I'm working on a blog entry for tomorrow, right? So things we learn. And by the way, may I say before we do anything else, rest in peace to Knoxville radio legend Dave Folk, who came back here 30-some-odd years ago as I was beginning my radio career, guy I've always looked up to, great newsman at WSB back in the day down in Atlanta. Came back here to live and help launch uh, News Talk 99 at the time. And Dave Folk has passed away. But Hall of Fame radio personality, but really a Hall of Fame person. Just a terrific broadcaster and storyteller. And condolences to his family and friends and colleagues and everybody that knew Dave. So may he rest in peace. Coming up in in a mere matter of moments, we're going to preview... Tennessee and Mississippi State tomorrow night. Ken Palm says that's the third most difficult game for the Vols. It's going to be a challenge. Before we do anything else, though, all politics are local. We've had a robust discussion. Matt Dixon, I'm going to bring you in on this offensive line deal with Tennessee. People like X say, why are the boosters, why is anybody getting on this Ellerby guy when Tennessee's numbers last year were so great running the football and he doesn't understand it and i'm just i'm saying i'm not taking a side i'm just saying look boosters are getting on our head coach it kind of is what it is i didn't do it i'm not out here looking for clicks and hits i don't care i mean in terms of that if i if i cared about that i'd do my show in a different way and would have done it a different way a long time ago I'd sit around and inflame people and make them mad, which I won't do, by the way. I just kind of call things like they are and sort of do it in real time, and that's what we do here. Matt, what's your uh, take on this offensive line kerfluffle that we've got going on? Well, I, I think there are some concerns about the the recruiting and developing. It, se- it seems like especially for an offensive line, a developmental position, you need to you need to be really good at one of the two. And I'm not sure I'm not sure LRB is. 
based on what we've seen through three years, does that you know? I think they signed a really good high school recruiting class often of offensive linemen, right? But they haven't developed anybody that they they kind of brought in, um, brought in some transfers, which you can get by with for you know a year or two if, if you know kind of a stopgap. But eventually, you have to develop your own linemen, and, and for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like they've been able to do that. Um, three years here which is which is a little a little concerning um they still have really good numbers i mean they've ran for i think it's 2500 yards three years in a row for the first time in school history yep um i think that the pass protection is a bigger issue and i i I do think the running it, it maybe it's more scheme than than just the the talent and and like you know, offensive line coaching necessarily, but I do think there are some concerns going forward about about your offensive line and just having you know development and and especially through the high school recruiting. Because thank you, you, know, you mentioned that they kind of whiffed on an entire line class, which you just can't afford to do. Yeah, and and, and look, and just to be fair to them, that was when they first got here. And so they were kind of scraping, scrapping around. And they gave it the old college try with five of them. But even in their second class, you know, it's they feel pretty good about the Lang guy. But, you know, you just you just haven't seen it. I mean, in the bowl game, they had a couple lay-down linemen out there. No offense, I mean, which is indicative of the fact that you just haven't, to this point, you just haven't rung the bell. And that's got people really stirred up and and it's a funny conversation matt because some people point at those numbers and they go well this is proof the guy does a great job everybody shut up which is kind of what x did today you know and i'm not again i'm not here to argue with anybody but then there's expectation like i wrote today when you bring those three linemen in over the weekend and you have a huge bag of cash there's expectation you should get one of them now x's point is look you go for three all the time in recruiting and recruiting out of the portal is a completely different animal than recruiting at high school kids because it, out of the portal you're dealing with more savvy people who just aren't into sales pitch. And X said that Tennessee's method of recruiting hypels a relational recruiter. If you're looking for a guy to get in on somebody late, turn him and flip him, he's just not going to be your guy, which is what a lot of this portal stuff is. This portal thing is let's fall in love quickly. Baby, baby, let's fall in love. And to this point in time, Tennessee, for whatever reason, is not excelling at that. And I think that's drawing a lot of frustration. And, and well, I know it is among the money people. And they're, I guess they're targeting, pointing out, pointing to LRB. And I don't know how fair it is or not fair. Do you have a thought on that, Matt, how fair it is or not fair that he's drawing so much ire? Um, well, we, I mean, to this point, they haven't developed any of their own high school recruits. Yes. And so I, like, I, I do think, I mean, you're three years in and none of those guys have, have really seen the field or, or, you know, and you haven't, that yeah. doesn't seem like that you want any of them to see the field at this point. Clear. So I, I do think that is concerning. Yeah. Um, and, and then to granted, your point, you yeah. can use yeah. the, the portal to, to supplement that. Right. these days but 
at a at a spot like the offensive line, I don't think that that you're setting yourself up for long term success. You know, constantly going to the portal for for you know two or three guys a year. Um, you know, they developed Darnell Wright into you know he was the best right tackle in college football last year and a, you know top ten pick and it, you know has been a, a starter from day one in the NFL. Yep. Like I think you give Ellerby a lot of credit for that. Um, now that was a you know a, one of these you know kind of can't miss five star guys, but he they still had to develop him and they did. Um, and I know Darnell Wright you know thinks really highly of Ellerby, so it, it almost it, it feels a, a lot like Ellerby is sort of like maybe like John Chavis a little bit, where there was always something off in recruiting, maybe the personality or just mm-hmm. the way he approached it. It, it, it didn't connect with recruits who didn't get to know him, but once they got on campus, maybe they, you know, they see a different side of him or, or, but I, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I'm not, I just don't follow recruiting closely enough to know. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. Of it. Yeah. That's and, kind and, of know, I, like I have, I have a buddy who texts me the stuff about LRB over the weekend and, and I, you know, for a second, I didn't know what he was talking about. Was he all he tore up? Ups, ups, upset about it. Yeah, he was. Was he all tore up at him? Because that's yeah, what, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I think, and these are people that I, 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 I really value their opinion and sure. trust. And so sure. I, I do think there are some concerns there. But right. I have a couple of people chewing on me yesterday well, after the show. They were like, "We, you know, you're Mister Opinion." I said, "Look, I'm, I'm Mister Opinion on things I know about." I'm not going to sit here and give a opinion on this Ellerby guy when, first of all, I'm not there. Now, I do know that people say he's got kind of this, um, he's got a strange, di- different kind of personality where he, you know, he's not a great connection guy. Again, X, I think, made a really great point. I want you to I encourage you to go over to tclub.team today and look at Tony's talking points because I put it at the top for a reason. And the reason it's there is that it's really well written. And basically what he says is, if you're wondering what the disconnect is, why are you doing so well? Or why did you have such a good class with the kids that are offensive linemen versus these transfer portal guys who you're whiffing on? Um, and X says it's two different, it's, it's two different species. I mean, literally. You, you're not... Here you're not trying to get re- relational. You got to impress somebody in a very short window, and impress upon them in a short window that you've got a good deal for them, a good opportunity for them, a chance to develop for them. Look at our campus for them. Look at this fan base for them. It's got to be very quick, very compressed. Whereas, uh, you know, in the other deal, it's like you can slow play somebody into a hey, come to my campus five or six times. Get comfortable with us. Look at our culture here. These guys are veterans. They're, they're not worried about your culture. They want to use you, and they want you to use them. And it's reciprocal, but it's very interesting. Go ahead, Bri. If you look at on the field, if you look at that Texas A&M game, nobody ran on them like Tennessee did. Isn't that amazing? And they've yeah. been near the top of the league in rushing stats for yes. the last couple of years. And running has really, the strength of their offense really has been their running game. Well, the guy that jumped and, me yesterday, Bryce, said the following. Yeah. He said, what's going to happen when all Pruitt's guys go next year? What then? And I said, I don't know. Another, what about what another then? Another thing is, if you get rid of the offensive line coach, who do you bring in that knows that system? 
of what Hypo wants to do. Well, they're who, not, who would he feel comfortable they're not with? getting rid of him, though. That's, that's I know that, that needs to be but said. Those who want to, those who want to replace him. Yep. Hey, Matt, they're, they're not doing that. Is that what your friends say to you? Because that was jumped at me. That was the thing uh, thrown at me was, well, what happens when all these guys leave next year? What then? I, that's kind of the unknown. Because it, it doesn't sound like they've developed anybody that they think can play in the SEC. And I think that's a, a very legitimate concern. You're going to have going to have to play some of these younger guys. Guys yeah. here are probably a year or two away from being ready to play at this level physically. But you're going to have to put them out there unless yeah. you want to, you know, just put th- four or five, you know, transfers out there, which I just don't think you're setting yourself up to succeed that way. I think especially on, on the offensive line, probably more than any other position, I think you have to develop that in-house with your own guys. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays. One thing I learned from last night, we're going to do this later on in the program, things we learned from Michigan. One thing I learned is that this thing is still about blocking and tackling, and it's still about being more physical than your opponent. And, and last night, Michigan imposed their will on a Washington team that we all thought had pretty good line play. Boy, they shoved them around on both lines of scrimmage. I mean, they did it to both their opponents. And maybe Michigan's fortunate that they didn't see that Texas bunch and, and their run defense. Maybe that was a for, really fortunate draw, the two they played. But uh, hail to the victors valiant. Hail to che- cheaters superior. Hail, hail to Michigan because crime pays in 2024 in college football. We come back. Stefan Krasnick will join, and then we'll get some calls in. So those of you that are there, stay there. We'll do a quick Tennessee, Michigan, uh, Michigan, uh, Mississippi State preview. I will tell you as a prelude, this is going to be a very difficult game tomorrow evening, one of these sleepy midweek games in January against an opponent that will be very desperate. And we'll talk more about it and unpack it as we bring Stevan Krashnik in on the other side after this. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. 
Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big, no tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113 or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. We'll be back with you as we welcome you back on the one, the only, the show, the record, the program that goes for it. Stephen Krashnick now joining us. He is absolutely outstanding with my Jackson Clarion Ledger. I love this guy. The story that he told will never be forgotten by the living fan about the empty arena up there when Tennessee was going out during the COVID season in 2021 and up there bellowing out of the, the somebody just cutting an absolute promo on Rick Barnes. Stefan, that will never be forgotten by the living fan. You were in, were you in Hoosier land at the time or am I imagining that? Yeah, no, I was, uh, I was covering Indiana. I was still a student there and you know, when, when they had, that COVID, you know, NCAA tournament and, and all the games were in Indiana or throughout the state of Indiana, 
you know, they sent me to various assignments. And one of the games that I got was that Tennessee-Oregon State game and at, at Banker, well, it was then Banker's Life Fieldhouse, now Gamebridge, where the Pacers play. And, uh, and, and like you said, man, those, uh, those Tennessee fans sitting up in the, the 200, 300 level, they let, uh, they let Rick know it, their thoughts about that Oregon State loss. Well, that was the artist formerly known as Fight Club Clay. But let's talk about Mississippi State here, a club that lost over the weekend to South Carolina. And South Carolina, indicative of a tough middle of the league. Mississippi State, one of the better teams in the league. I'm looking at Ken Palm. Ken Palm says this is Tennessee's third toughest game of the Southeastern Conference. And it's really a spot game for Mississippi State because they need this one now. Stefan, talk to me. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive game. You know, you look at the schedule and that loss at South Carolina. I mean, that's quad one. That's a much improved South Carolina team. You normally look at that loss. You say, well, it's not a huge deal, right? It's not going to hurt your resume much. But then you look at the, what they have coming up, this Tennessee game, then they're home against Alabama on Saturday, and then they go to Kentucky next week. That Now you look at it, you're like, well, dang, you know, that, that was a game that you probably wanted in South Carolina, knowing, you know, the path that gets even tougher ahead. And, and like you mentioned, that, that loss just magnifies what this Tennessee game means for Mississippi State, right? You got a chance at your SEC home opener to kind of, you know, gain some momentum going into that, that tough stretch that I was talking about there. It, it's a huge game. Uh, for Mississippi State, and, and I think, you know, there's part of it, too, that you saw what, what Tennessee just did to Ole Miss. They're a legit team, man. They're, they're a great team, and, and that's a chance to not just have, you know, quad one win, but teams are going to look at, or the, the community's going to look at that and say, that that's an upper echelon quad one win, right? That's not going on the road and playing South Carolina. That's playing a legit, you know, top five, top ten opponent uh, in your conference. It, it's a huge game for Mississippi State. There's really no overstating it. I did some research before uh, you came on, which, you know, I deviate from what I generally do when I'm on here, which is winging <laughs> it. Uh, Stefan, January 17th is when classes begin at Mississippi State, which my calendar is telling me is days away. So what kind of crowd can we expect tomorrow night for this one? And will it be a full house with students not there? Yeah, that's what I'm interested to see, too, man. I, I think it'll be, you know, the, they had a home game against the student Cookman on New Year's Eve, and they actually had a pretty decent crowd, you know, come out for that. So that, that would tell me that, you know, it should be a, a pretty packed house uh, when Tennessee comes to town. But I will say, when, when the students aren't there, it, it changes things, right? And, and when you don't have, you know, thousands of people standing on every possession and, and trying to get loud on every possession, it changes things. So it probably won't be last year, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was one of the better environments at Humphrey Coliseum when Tennessee got there, and, and I think the students were in town for that. So it'll probably be a bit of a drop-off from that environment, but I still expect the, the local fans and those in, in Mississippi uh, to show up pretty pretty strong for you know, an SEC home opener. And it's a, it's a 6 o'clock local tip, right? It's not a late tip-off or anything like that. So you know, there, there's really not much reason for, for fans to not show up. Stefan, tell me about Tolu Smith, who's trying to work his way back from his foot injury. Can we get more specific? What what type of injury did he have, and and how far back is he? So we we don't know too many of the specifics of the injury, to be honest. We, what we do know is kind of similar to what another Mississippi State player, Keyshawn Murphy, um, had earlier in the year. It's kind of like lower lower foot, like ankle, like that type of area. Um, you know, things that are just kind of nagging, but can be a pretty quick turnaround. Uh, and that's kind of what both of them were able to get. You know, people didn't expect Tolu to be back until you know, into SEC play, but he was able to make it back for that, you know, first non-conference game. So he's come off the bench, you know, these first two games for them, and, and his minutes have been around uh, what you would expect for, you know, a guy working his way back. But Chris Jansen said that there's no minutes restriction, and, 
And James has been someone who, you know, hasn't focused too much, you know, on starting lineups, right? He's got guys that have come off the bench and probably been better than some starters, but he, he kind of looks at it of, you know, you only, your starters only matter the first, you know, four minutes of the game or so. After that, everyone comes off the bench. And they've been winning with Jimmy Bell starting, and, and, and maybe that's why, you know, he kept going with Tillou Smith off the bench. But after that game against South Carolina, and, and you, you want your best guy out there when the game starts, and I think that's what you're going to start, you know, seeing from Tillou Smith moving forward a bit. He's put up, you know, decent numbers. He got into foul trouble in that South Carolina game. And I wonder if some of that is, you know, him coming off the bench and trying to do too much, feeling like he doesn't have, you know, as much time as he would as a starter. I think now with his minutes getting back to, you know, probably being that 30, 35 range if needed, you're going to start seeing that all SEC forward, you know, showing up. And, and it's going to be a tough matchup for Tennessee, no doubt, if he's uh, if he's feeling back at 100% and ready to go in those extended minutes. So you think he's close to getting there? I think so. Uh, I think, you know, before he came back, he had been practicing for a couple weeks already, and, and Jans has said that in practice, you know, he wasn't really on much of a restriction by the time he came back. So I think we're at a point where um, maybe you were still being a little bit cautious with Bethune-Cookman and South Carolina. Um, I think now you're at a point where it, it's go time, right? Like, you're, you're a team that's projected on the bubble right now. you got you got a chance to win some big games to really kind of solidify yourself and start worrying about seeding as opposed to, you know, whether you're in or not. I, I think it's go time for, for Tolu and for Mississippi State. Stephen Krashnick joining, breaking it down scientifically. Uh, from Jackson Clarion Ledger, and it's always nice when we have Stefan on with us. He's a absolute credit to what he's doing. Um, the thing about state right now, and I'm just looking at some of these projections, they're tracking anywhere between a nine and eleven seed. And we we're talking about how desperate they are. This um, freshman has been a really nice player. Uh, the freshman guard Josh Hubbard has really helped them. I know he's an undersized guy, but tell us about him. Yeah, he's he's a shooter, man. He he can pull up from anywhere in the gym, and, and he can step back. He he's for whatever reason has probably the most four point plays in a season that that I've ever seen. And we're only in what early January. Like this this dude is legit, and and he was the the Mississippi high school boys all time leading scorer. He broke that record last year, and, and he was committed to Ole Miss. Kermit Davis ends up getting fired, and Mississippi State's able to, to flip him and bring him in. It's probably the biggest off season addition for them, right? They made some good moves in the portal of guys that you thought. You know, veteran guys will probably step up, and you can kind of have Hubbard, you know, develop behind them a bit and, and maybe be a, a role player. And, and he's been, you know, the complete opposite. He's probably, with, with Tilly Smith out, been their most consistent scorer and their go-to guy. And, and he adds, I mean, for the Tennessee fans who watched, you know, Mississippi State last season, and, and especially those games against Tennessee, I mean, you saw at times how stagnant that offense got. You had no outside threat. Everyone knew they were going to double-team, triple-team Tilly Smith, and, and that was the key to slowing Mississippi State down. You add a piece like that, and it changes your whole offense, man, right? you got a guy that can pull up from anywhere, whether it be catch and shoot or off the dribble. It's going to keep defenses more honest. It's going to open things inside for, you know, whether it be Tolu Smith or, or to this point it's been Jimmy Bell, you know, with Tolu out. It just changes the whole dynamic, and it's impressive to see from a freshman to, to have that demeanor. I mean, he, he gave them a chance late in that game against South Carolina, and you look at that, you're like, that's his first road SEC game, his, only his second true road game that he's played. He's mature beyond his years. A lot of that probably has to do with, with the success that he had at the high school level. And, and he's a guy that you know, you're already looking at as saying Mississippi State's going to have to make you know so, some effort to keep him every offseason just because you know teams are going to come after him, whether it be you know behind closed doors or you know how it goes with, with you know recruiting these days in the offseason. He's a guy that's going to start you know generating a lot of national attention. He's been, you know, guys like Andy Katz have had him on, you know, top 10 freshman boards and and things like that. People know who he is now. He's not a secret anymore, and, and he's a guy that you know Mississippi State wants to make sure they keep for a while. 
And he's kind of a little dude, right? Like these, he's like one of those yeah. guys that you see in the NCAA tournament that will shoot you right out of a game. Like you're sitting over there as a high major, and here comes this dude just shooting from anywhere in the gym. Yeah, that's exactly the, the the same way I look at it too. I mean, you know, you think about guys in the tournament that have that have made impacts, and, and he's a little bit bigger than you know, let's say a Carson Edwards or something like that. But you see what Carson Edwards did, you know, that run Purdue had when they made it to, to the Elite Eight a few years ago, right? I mean, that's a guy who with the ball in his hand, regardless of his size, when you can shoot at that level in the in the college game, you can have a lot of success. He can change games for you. Mississippi State still has this thing, though, under Jans, because Barnes has it too, but not so much this year because they have just Tennessee has so much depth. But they still have this thing where they do this five, six, seven-minute scoreless drought. I, I was looking. There was one, uh, the one really bad loss they had. Refresh my memory. Uh, uh, the non-league game that's very the the outlier on the schedule. They went like they blew an 11-point lead in the last five minutes or something to that effect. Who was that against? That was against Southern. Yeah, that was Not bad. Southern Miss. Not Southern. 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 Yeah. Which so they, is bad as which is bad as Southern is. I, if you look at the the schedule for teams upcoming games, Vanderbilt's going to be a worse uh, net team than Southern. So how about that? <laughs> <laughs> Any day we can work ripping Vanderbilt into our conversation, <laughs> Stefan, I'm for. So how do you think Mississippi State re- responds tomorrow night? What do you think? I think you're going to see a tight game. I think, you know, I love watching Mississippi State versus Tennessee just because of, of the style of play. And like you mentioned, Tennessee is definitely a, an improved offensive team this season. I think Mississippi State is as well. But, you know, at their root, these are two coaches where if the game's tight in those final ten minutes, it, it's going to get ugly and it's going to get scrappy. And I think both these teams – kind of have the mentality to do that. I think you're going to see a, a much a much improved effort from an effort-based standpoint for Mississippi State. You know, they got manhandled on the boards. It was like 16-6 to six in, in offensive uh, or second-chance points in that game against South Carolina. You don't see that for Mississippi State. With guys like Tolu Smith and Jimmy Bell and Cam Matthews, they don't get out-rebounded very much, and, and that was the case against South Carolina. South Carolina's smaller team uh, kind of bodied them in, in the post and, and on the glass. I think you're going to see a much improved effort from Mississippi State on the, on the board. You know, in this one, you're going to see, um, you know, an initiative, and it's going to be stressed from the coaches of, of rebounding. And I think that's going to make for a pretty tough game for Tennessee. I think it'll be a pretty tight game through the last few minutes, and it's going to come down to, you know, uh, who's going to make the last shot. Is a guy like Hubbard going to, going to step up and make a big three, or, or is Dalton uh, Connect, am I pronouncing that right, going that's to right. come out and, yeah. and make, a, make a big shot, you know, for Tennessee? It's going to come down to who's going to make that big shot in those last couple of minutes, I think. You're the man. If folks want to interact with you, how do they do so? Stefan Krashnick, and thank you, brother. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Our website's clearingledger.com. We cover Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Jackson State, Southern Miss, all that good stuff. And, and I'm on Twitter at S-K-R-A-J-I-S-N-I-K-3. Boy, that's a mouthful. I want to buy a vowel, man. <laughs> hey, have a good one, brother. Good talking to you. Thank you, man. Stefan Krashnick appears on the TLD Logistics Hotline online at tldlogistics.com. Matt, the truth is, on this road in the league, those midweek games, Tennessee's got two road games this week, but those midweek games, those sleepy midweek games, and then those night those night weekend games are very, very difficult to uh, navigate for anybody. Yeah, and, and for different different reasons. These games, you kind of have to bring your own energy, which was a good point by you to bring up that the classes haven't started yet down there, which we should give Tennessee students credit for packing that place out Saturday. Um, without, you know, with classes not in session. So, yep. yeah, you have to bring your own energy. 
it's one of those games where you can, you know, on the broadcast, you can hear the coaches yelling, you can hear fans yelling. It's there's just not a lot of energy in the gym. Um, and then, of course, the way Tennessee plays, and, and I guess Mississippi State's even this way too with with Chris Jans. It's going to be kind of a sloppy, you know, low scoring game. Yep. Um, so it should be should be a lot of fun. It's 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 the type of game that that a program like Tennessee with with your veteran players, um, you you go down there and you take care of business and and you win. Um, if if you shoot the ball, you know, just decently, because your defense will will limit Mississippi State in the probably the fifties. Yeah, I would guess. So yeah. if you can, you know, get to sixty points, you should be able to win. When the number, it's, yeah, when the number comes out tomorrow, Tennessee will be about a three point favorite in the game. Uh, generally, there's a seven or eight point uh, difference for a, in a game like this for a squad like Tennessee from playing on the home, playing on the road, playing in your building. And uh, this Mississippi State team, as you just heard him say, Tula Smith is just now, just now rounding back into shape. But the truth about Tennessee is they've seen they've seen Edie already. Uh, they've seen Baycott. I mean, they've seen guys that can play. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know um, if he's of their class. He's a nice player. But this state squad, they get this game tomorrow. It's going to be worth two or three games to them. And I remember those days when Tennessee was there. It's kind of a bubble deal. We've seen seasons like that. This is a huge, huge opportunity for them. So they, Tennessee will go in there with their full-throated attention is what they're going to get. To the phones we go. We were talking about this uh, offensive line deal, talking about Michigan's W. Uh, anything else you care, you guys care to bring up before we go to the phones? You know, uh, I was looking at all the different schools that have played either in a playoff or played for and won a championship or a runner-up since the BCS began going over the last 26 years. Yep. And I can only find two, 22 schools on that list. Say it again, Brian. Do this in, do this only, in English. This only 22 different schools can say they've made a playoff, won a title, or played for a national title in the last 26 years. There's only 22 different schools that can say that. Matt, do you understand what he's saying? Twenty-two teams have made the playoffs in the the ten years that it was. Oh wow! Is that, is that what you're saying, playoff. Brian? I'm just saying that there's not many. It's kind of a closed club as far as just number of teams that have either won it since the BCS started. Oh, the uh, BCS. Twenty-six. Jesus. Twenty-six. Twenty-two schools have. As the list, it's only 22 schools long that have won a title, played for it, or made a 14 playoff. Wow, that's shocking. How many teams made the 14 playoff, Bry? How many different schools? That's 40 slots in 10 years. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna count that up here in a minute. I'm gonna I'm gonna. It's not it's not it's not a very. I'd say less less than less than 20. Wow. To the phones we go, and then if you look at the way too early. Which I've got one linked over at tclub.team today. The way too early top 10 deals or top 25 deals. Uh, the Vols are right there at number 11, I want to say, in the Athlon one that I have. But it's the same old suspects. The SEC has the first three. The Big Ten has the next three. Uh, Notre Dame is in the top 10, which means, and again, I'm going to tell you this. If Notre Dame's sitting there and your team is sitting there, Notre Dame's going ahead of your team. It's just the way it is. Like if they're 
if they're sitting there, let's say that you're sitting there at 12 and they're sitting there at 13, they're going ahead of you. So we can all get ready for that. We can all get ready for that. If you're a Tennessee, a Missouri, an Ole Miss, an LSU, and Notre Dame is sitting there, they're going ahead of you. If you're a Penn State, an Iowa, Missouri's going, I mean, uh, uh, Notre Dame's going ahead of you. Matt, do you agree with that, or am I hot-taking? Well, you know, I really you do think don't that's... need to worry about Iowa being up there. No, I... Um, I, I think Notre Dame gets the benefit of the doubt most of the, most of the time, but not, I wouldn't say every time. It's a TV show now. To the phones we go. If you want to get in, 865-200-5402. Hello and welcome in. Joe from Black County, how you doing? Hey, Joe. Good. Always good to talk to you, my friend. Hope all's well. Yes, sir, it is. Uh, just going to... Talk about this offensive line sure. a little bit. Uh, my experiences with him, I have a friend of mine who has a son that uh, played locally, and uh, he wouldn't he wouldn't just be your average guy. He's you know he's six four three oh five. His freshman year, he won the state wrestling championship, and uh, his junior year, he won it. Uh, his sophomore year, he didn't wrestle, but he was a three time three time all stater. And his senior year, he was uh, Mr. Football in the state. And uh, he had a lot of people recruiting him. He's mm-hmm. time with Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. But uh, his experiences with Coach Ellerby were, uh, Coach Ellerby told him that uh, he was concerned about his flexibility in his hips and his lateral movement. Well, if you're a wrestler, I find it hard to understand why you don't have flexibility in your hips. And uh, as far as his lateral movement, uh, I, I couldn't understand that either. And I've been over there to some coaching, several coaching clinics. I even went to one with Coach Majors was there, and Coach Plummer was the offensive line coach. And, uh, and uh, I was over there with, I think it was Kiffin, and I think he had, uh, I think his office line coach is now the head coach at Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe he was with Pruitt. I'm not sure. But, uh, he, this guy's very, uh, he's really quiet and real reserved. And, uh, and he's just not, he, for a coach, he just, he's not very enthusiastic that, that I saw. And I think he's a good, he seemed like a nice guy. I like the uh, I like the Chavis thing, the Chavis comparison, because that was John Chavis, just kind of, um, just kind of cantankerous, almost, uh, kind of yeah, grisly, if you will. Bad. Yeah, he was. Now, yeah, Coach Chavis, I've been over there and watched him. Yeah, he he had some intensity about him, though. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, this guy passed on this kid, didn't even invite him on campus, and. I just, I don't know, man. I just, I, I'm, I'm concerned about that because of the friendship between the two. And I really like Coach Hopper. I mean, he's a, oh, yeah. I really do. I think he's a quality guy and a quality coach. But I, you know, I think there's no saying by one head coach that said, if you want to get yourself fired, just hire your friend. What he wouldn't offer. Yeah. There, there you go. And, uh, I just, uh, I hope this don't bite Coach Hopper in the rear. Before well, it's it's interesting. Um, and listen, I appreciate you, Joe. Thanks, man. Always good talking to you. It's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. Because Matt said, look, the proof eventually is going to be in the pudding. Because you have to 
you have to, at some point, you got to develop your own guys, or you know, you cannot live in the portal. Plus, they're not recruiting very well out of the portal, so it isn't like for that position. So it isn't like they're going to be able to do that anyway. Just trying to be fair about it. The other sidebar map that we haven't really discussed is that Nico. How do you put this? He's like a generational guy. You, you don't want to be having this conversation with him getting ready to take the field. Kind no, of you don't. Strange you don't situation. It's a strange deal all the way around. It's very strange. Because on one end, you've got this production you can't argue with, right? On one end. On the other end, people say, well, you've got to develop your own people. Where are they? And that's true. Both those things are true. Then you got boosters mad at Hypo because they didn't get anybody this, and they were mad at him already over this guy because he doesn't project well. Okay, that's fine. You know, part of this is like entertainment, personality. You know, all that stuff comes into play. And I think uh, Joe was talking about Sam Pittman is who you were mentioning, who's been replaced at Arkansas. But your point's well taken. He was on. Pittman was on. Going to be replaced. Well, not. Yeah, nah, you're right. He hasn't been replaced. He's still there. My bad. My bad. It's like Napier hasn't been replaced. In my brain, in my brain, I was already counting him as replaced. Thank you, Matt. Do you guys do that? Do you guys do that too? Where you go, okay, that that job's open, and then it never opened, but in your mind, it opened. That's I just did that. Back to the phones we go. Sorry about that, Coach Pittman. It it will open. Yeah. To the phones we go. Hello and welcome into our next call. You're on the air. Hi. Hey, Tony. Hey, Columba. Welcome in, buddy. You want me to say the Hugh Free stuff from the beginning of the call to the end of the call? Well, we wait till the end. We'll, um, we'll, yeah, let's, we'll, let's have a productive call first. Yeah, we'll have a productive call and then oh, we'll have our fun. Tony, you see where uh, former Vol coach Kevin Steele retired? I did see that, yeah. What a great did career for him. Pru- you think Pruitt's going to Saban's going to have to put Pruitt in there or not? Saban will try to put Pruitt in there. Saban has a fascination with Pruitt, yeah. I would think he would try to put Pruitt in there. He's got a fascination with him. He tried to hire him the last time. Will the school let him hire a guy that was involved in some of the stuff that Pruitt was involved in? Well, it's all this all a lot. What are y'all hearing about the Satterwhite kid? I hear good things up here about him. That the, the people around here say the Ohio State made a big mistake not offering him. I mean, he was offered by Georgia and Alabama. Oh, they like him. A, no, they like him. They like him. Yeah, they they like him a lot. A lot, lot. Yes, they think he has a bright future. Yes, like I think he's a player. Mm-hmm. And uh, so here's the thing: like I, I know we're supposed to get all worked up about this, and it doesn't, it, you know, look. But I'm at the point now where the proof's going to be on the field. That's you're right. going to have fun and offensive line to get together. You're not. Like, doesn't really matter what it looks like on paper. It, it, Either this, either this guy's going to the playoff yeah. with Nico in one of the next two years, or he's not. Well, Matt, he better do everything he can to make sure he goes there. Matt said it. Matt said, and he's right, that eventually, you know, the, the other coaches' players are going to leave campus. And yours better be able to play. Whether it's that kid you just mentioned, the Satterwhite kid, or one of the other signees, or this um, uh, kid that I hear a lot about. Uh, who's a guard out of this last class? They think's going to be a, a kid that's going to be able to help them and play. Um, but the numbers, the sheer number of misses thus far, hasn't helped. And, and I guess the other thing that happened is that he was the guy. Speaking of the offensive line coach, that 
was the one dissenting opinion in the room on the kid they got out of the portal last year from Texas. And the other folks in the room were going, I don't think he can play here. And he said, no, he can play here. And they got the guy, and he couldn't play. I think that kid's name was Carrick, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Tony, yeah. would Tennessee be interested in Dallin Hayden? Uh, Dallin Hayden's coming around again. Um, He's going to be in the portal. Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> How petty I would was say it that... He's 99% sure he's going to be in the portal. I'm 99% Go sure. Go ahead, Matt. Heard from people. How hilarious was it that Ohio State had uh, Duncan's uh, announced he was going to Ohio State while Michigan's celebrating a national title last night? I found well, that if hilarious. Can't, if you can't beat him, you got to be petty. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I thought Ohio State they kicked was your ass three years in a row. <laughs> you know, they kicked your ass three years in a row. Might as well, you got to win somewhere, I guess. That Junkins thing's a weird deal, man. Whew. So that Junkins got deal, some bad advice. What if they kid's got some bad advice? What invariably do you think they ended up paying him, Junkins? Because he wanted Northwood. Well, he had he had eight hundred fifty grand on the table from Ole Miss before the bowl game. He and he was not going to go in the portal because he wouldn't have played the bowl game if he had gone in the portal. If he was going, if he's playing on transferring, and then after the bowl game, he came back for more. And Lane just said, "No, just, we're done," because he's not going to play a, a non-premium position, premium money. And they had eight hundred fifty grand on him. I think he's taking less to go to Ohio State. Yes, I think he's taking three hundred grand less. Yeah, McCready said yeah. that it was going to cost him a couple hundred thousand dollars. Easy. That was just we, really silly. And and. It's going to cost him his legacy. Never going to be a part of the Ole Miss football family. He's just a hired gun at Ohio State. What is I know it, it doesn't matter to him. What does it cost? Yeah. What do you think it costs Ole Miss? Do you think it takes him out of playoff contention? A dynamite? No. Real, oh, come on. He was a dynamite oh, player. No, no, he's a dynamite no, 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 player. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean he's a dynamite player for them? Dynamite. He's a great player. He's a great player. But it's a it's running back. If you can keep the Bentley kid healthy and find a guy to spot him, they'll be fine. Matt, what do you think? Uh, no, I, I think for the most part you're you're fine. I I just think in a I think in college the running backs matter more because you can you can scheme things up and and you can you can exploit defenses more. I would prefer to have an elite back. I mean, obviously the 850k is like twice as much as they should pay a running back. Period. So it's crazy. He thought he could get a million. Um, I think that ETN went from went from Florida to Georgia for like. Three hundred thousand. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, so, and, I mean, and it's Ole Miss crazy that we're going to pay eight fifty. But I, really, I, I just think you can use those guys really effectively in in these key games. But I, I can see why Ole Miss would would pass on paying him anything close to a million. That's insane. There was a lot going on there. He was kind of he was a handful. His family was a handful, but. Well, ETM is going to go to, you know, if they would have got a, if they would have known he was transferred, Ole Miss would have gone and gotten ETM. So, you know, it, it, it's a mess. Imagine, but. imagine the look on Florida fans' faces when a kid decided to leave their program for Ole Miss. I mean, can you freaking imagine that? But that's where we are right now. Hey, Tony, a kid chose to leave Tennessee to go to Ole Miss. Two of them. Well, one's not going there now. McDonald, I think they cut him, cut him loose. Yeah, they recruited but, over him. Yeah, they'd send him to Louisville. McDonald's going to Louisville now. About Hayden, yeah. you, you brought up Hayden. So so a couple years ago, Tennessee flirted with the idea of Hayden. And then Hayden went back to Ohio State, played some, played well at times, had an opportunity. 
and it's just kind of gotten lost in the shuffle. He's a veteran player now. Is he a senior now? What what um do you know what year Hayden is? He's a junior. He he fumbles in practice. That's the main complaint. From what that's I what's that. keeping him off the field, Matt. Got that's what's keeping him two off years the field. of eligibility. Two years. Thank you, Brian. What kind of a yeah, fit, Matt, is he in Tennessee's offense? Dalen Hayden. Dalen well, Hayden. I just I don't know about the just the, the scheme fit. Yeah, but just you know, he's a guy who is probably not looking to be a number one back. Has some Tennessee ties. He's the type of back that you could get, and it wouldn't affect your running back room at all. With you know Samson being one and yeah. Selden being you know there, like I just think you got to kind of massage your room a little bit if you're going to bring a guy in. But this is a, a veteran presence who isn't necessarily wanting you know to get 15 or 20 carries a game. I, and he I you know comes from a good family with some ties to Tennessee. He's the, he's almost like a great great fit for what Tennessee. I think Tennessee needs another running back, but they can't really afford to take one. Because you run the risk of, of Samson leaving, which I, I mean, I guess the portal's closed now, but maybe after the spring. Well, but I, I think Hayden, if you could get a guy like Hayden who I think can play at this level in a, in a role, I think that would be a really, really good fit. I'm glad Mark brought him up. That's a son of Aaron Hayden, by Three the way. Uh, I want to go back. The first day that Hype, the day Hypel got hired, Aaron joined us on the air. Aaron, Aaron. You know, they live in, they live in the western part of the state, and he had a son that played at Eastern Carolina, or East Carolina, rather, that year, uh, who saw Heupel's offense, and he was glowing about the hire. I mean, Tony, I love this guy's offense, seeing it live. I'd love to play running back in it, blah, blah, blah. Look, it is a running back's offense. It it truly is. It's The misnomer about this thing is that it's all pass, pass, pass. No, it's... Look at the numbers they put up on the ground. And I know you got people on the offensive line coach here, whatever. I'm not choosing sides. But the production's been there because the production in that offense is always going to be there on the ground. The schemes say it is. But, uh, Mark, I'm with, I'm with Matt. I, I would absolutely uh, welcome a veteran like that into the room, especially with his legacy. It would be a great story. That's, uh, let me finish my call with this. You see where Hugh says he's calling all his own plays next year. Uh, you're the... You are a uh, you're a you're you you're, you an, you're an absolute. That's how, that's how few that's how few coaching connections this guy has is that he can't find anybody to come in that he can throw under the bus for an entire. No 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 no. Is undefeated as a coach when he calls his own plays? He's a great offensive mind, guys. Come on now, Tony. When he was at Mississippi, he was very good. Come on now. Tony, that was ten years ago. Oh come on, man! I mean that's ridiculous. He's a very Tony. good offensive mind. As a cor- if I were him, I'd call my own plays. Hey, who's Tony, Lane? You can't find a quarterback. Does Does Lane call his own plays? Yeah. Well, then what's the difference? Because Lane's a better offensive quarterback. Says, Says who? Says who? Says everyone. Says who? Lane can find quarterback. How many wins against Alabama does Lane have since he's been down there? Zero. How many signature wins does Lane have since he's been down there? Lane just went 11-2 and won a Peach Bowl. He won 11 games twice. You never won You 10. are literally embarrassing yourself right now with this take. Are you out of your mind? No, no, I'm not. No, I'm Tony, not. No. They're going to beat Auburn Brazen next year. You... 
are delusional, and the loss of Judkins... why we saved the huge... The loss of Judkins is torpedoed. It is torpedoed Ole Miss's opportunity to play off. Your boy is bound, bound, bound to one of those bowl games nobody's going to look at while my team is going to the playoffs. What say you, big boy? That's what I thought. This is Coach Trader's Golf from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I'm a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. 
My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com. And check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. The traditional first-year anniversary gift is paper. Yay! Envelopes. The traditional 10-year anniversary gift is tin or aluminum. Are there sardines in here? And the 20-year anniversary gift is the chance to win up to a million dollars. Now that's what I'm talking about. It's our anniversary, but we thought about what you'd want. The new 20th anniversary Jumbo Bucks Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. And now for today's winning cash three and cash four numbers from the Tennessee Lottery. The first number is the number you just thought of. The second number is the number you would have picked. The third number is the day of your wedding anniversary. And the fourth number They're only lucky numbers if you decide to play them. Cash three and cash four only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. This is Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. Today, I'm with Miles Johnson, your hometown grocer at Foodland in beautiful downtown Columbia, Tennessee. And as always, every Wednesday, Foodland puts out a new flyer with new specials. They run from Wednesday to Tuesday. Miles, what are the specials this week? Well, this week we have assorted pork chops for $1.69 a pound, chuck roast for $5.49 a pound, green cabbage for $0.59 cents a pound, Yoplait yogurt, two for a dollar, food club soft drink, two liters, 99 cents, and Coca-Cola six-packs, uh, $4.99. All right, folks, Foodland, your hometown grocery store with your hometown grocer, Miles Johnson, in downtown Columbia, Tennessee. And guys who grill, Foodland's meat department is known as the best in the county. Miles, have a great week. You too, thank you. If you have Medicare and Medicaid, you may be able to get more help to cover your care and costs. A United Healthcare dual complete plan can help you get more benefits than original Medicare. Whether you choose our online tools or over the phone support, United Healthcare will help you compare options so you can choose a plan with confidence. See if you qualify for a United Healthcare dual complete plan. Call 855 UHC MORE. That's 855 UHC MORE. 855 UHC MORE. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. And as we hit hour two, we left you with Mark and Columbo, who is just screaming at me that the guy at, that's at Mississippi now is a better offensive coordinator than the guy that was in Mississippi 10 years ago. And, and Mark, you know, at some point this thing with Kiffin's got to be about winning some of those signature games in the league, man. I mean, it's great you can go out and beat Penn State. And that woebegone white turkey offense they have. It's really wonderful. Speaking of which, we, we need to lay aside 
now that we got these two different power leagues, and this is what college football is, when you look at the top of the Big Ten, those teams are like Georgia and Alabama in years past. They just are. Like this, this, this thing about how Michigan can't run, I mean, it's just not, it just doesn't work. And it hasn't worked for years, by the way. Maybe 30 years ago, maybe when we played them in that bowl game in 01, they got guys that can fly on defense. And that secondary is next level. I mean, those guys are looking back at all times. They shut down that great Washington pass attack, and they were all over Penix all night long. I mean, that kid barely finished the game last night. Well, Penix did miss a few open targets, especially the one on fourth down where it's 17-3. They're near near field. That guy was wide open. Absolutely. But, Bri, you know what? And Bri, we they, they had some being pressured on every you know, snap. That's the point. And Matt made a great point, Bri. He was uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable all night. He knew pressure yeah. was coming. He felt phantom pressure on that play. That's why he threw the ball out there. He was waiting to get hit there. He threw it a little soon. It was a great call there. They had. They did have guys getting open, but Penix just couldn't hit them. To the phones we go. Well, everybody has guys open. The truth is, if I make By you the way, uncomfortable uh, enough, go uh, ahead. Well, Penn State offensive tackle Ibrahim Tarwar has entered the portal, so there's one to look for. Boy, he's a nice player. Let's go to the phones. So it's interesting. The portal continues Ooh. to... Matt, how long, much longer is... I thought the portal was open till Friday. What are we doing here? Portal still open? What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> you had, there's that like, five-day window, and then I, there's something where... A, a player can like tell a school he's he wants to be in the portal, but the school has like forty eight hours to officially like do the paperwork. I don't know. It's anarchy. It's just they just make it up as they go along. So pick up football. Back to the which it's interesting. I mean Tennessee's out here putting a roster together. They're they're signing the what's left of their high school deal in February, I guess, and then adding a few more pieces. Hello and welcome into our next call. Uh, hello, it's Peggy. Hey, Peggy, uh, welcome in. I'm here for, uh, uh, y'all forgot me yesterday on uh, critical, what was it? <laughs> Call-in triage. We lost 49ers. Oh, oh no, no, your your crisis hotline's not open. No, uh-uh. 49ers, Why not? 49ers are going, they're going oh, to the Super Bowl. You're going to the Super Bowl, Peggy. You, you, oh, you got your backup Rick players County. in. Come on now. Did you, did you see what happened with our kicker? It doesn't matter. You're going to the he Super missed, Bowl. He missed. Look, we, he missed an extra point. Right. And he missed a field goal. Cowboys kicker that, at the end of the game missed one. I'm really hoping that carries over into the look playoffs. Look here, Ada. I it's in his head. I'm afraid I hope I hope that don't turn out to be a Ray Finkel deal. <laughs> well, you're back in the days of Ray Wershing. They didn't even need him. The, the 49ers are the class of the NFC. They will roll. Roll through the NFC. Roll. Yeah. They will beat those well, Dallas. Don't beat those Cowboys. That is nervous, Racky, not there. Well, if they get the Cowboys in front of them, they will rip them limb from limb. Ooh. Well, I hope so. That kind of, you know, look, everybody said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That's supposed to count. But, uh, 
you know, it just to, to lose like that. And I thought, you know, what's to prevent that in a, in a playoff game? And now he's got two weeks to think about it. Oh, Peggy, come on. That's a that's a warm up okay. game. That's a, that was right, that was that mean, was I literally that was it was a it was a <laughs> exhibition game. Come on. Well, okay. I tell you what, y'all did though. I tell you what, y'all did. Y'all tore poor Justin and Bean Station's kingdom down. Okay, because the Eagles were that it team before they stepped on the field with the Niners. And the oh, Niners. Is he the one that went up to, uh, yeah. that just went up there the for a game. game? The Bills game. Oh, my. I heard that. God, now, I do. Look, I'm not one of them, you know, I adore fans for forever. And, yeah, I get it. That's rough. <laughs> I didn't talk. I wouldn't attempt to talk to my cousin up there. I was listening, and it showed, I don't know if you saw this, it's on YouTube, about this woman, a woman fan of fire, you know, screaming, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, them ladies up there are rough, ain't they? Peggy, those women up there that called WIP hey. the other night, a buddy of mine called me, and he said, because, you know, we can listen to these talk shows now on the Odyssey app. Yeah. And he says to me, what in the world is these gals were out for blood the other night after that game? Yes. Yeah, they were calling Seriani everything but an Italian on the radio. Oh, wow, yeah, I tell you. I mean, it's that, uh, I, I, you know, women are, they used to kind of be in hiding about their fandom, but now it seems like there's more of us coming out in the open or something. I absolutely love women that can talk sports, like you and Holly. You and Holly oh, ought to do yes. a podcast Shout together. To Holly. You Shout and Holly to ought to do Holly. a podcast together. You guys ought to do a podcast together. I'd oh, listen to can, it. We could get some people to talk, Tony. We could probably get some people to talk. But uh, I see, I guess, what, oh, this what y'all were talking about, the O-line. You know, that does make me a little nervous. I was trying to just concentrate on basketball. But uh, I was listening to some of the other shows, you know, and I thought, Lord, why am I listening to this and getting this in my head? I've got enough to deal with and worry about. But I thought, oh, what's this guy's name, Rick Kane? And he, I guess he must have had a podcast, and boy, his people was, or his listeners or people that's commenting giving him heck because he said something about LRB and, uh, you know, the offensive line be lacking. And so he felt like he had to address it. So it must be going on uh, pretty much over the uh, spaces, you know. Well, you know, Peggy, here's the deal. The show of record, when we talk about things, it gets into the, all the other programs out there. We set the agenda. We talk about it. We break it down scientifically. We're the one that that moves right to left and left to right across your device. We do it each and every day with the greatest of ease. And I hope you have a Dwight Gooden. You do not need to be worried about your 49ers. They are going to cut them down unless they get in uh, the way of the, the Bills Mafia. At that point, you'll be in a little bit of trouble. I want to bring Laban DeFriesen now to the calls. Right, Stay right there. I'm coming right back to you. Give me a couple minutes here. Because Laban's got a great opportunity that we're going to talk about here. Uh, and he is with my friends at 865alliance.com. You hear us running a spot on here. They've got tryouts coming up on Saturday as they're back for year two. 
Two great shields, one great club over at 865 Alliance. Laban, you on the TLD Logistics Hotline. Great to talk to you in 2024, my brother. Great, Johnny. I appreciate you having me on. You know, I love talking about soccer and our 865 Alliance teams. Talk to me. We got something coming up Saturday, an opportunity for folks to uh, folks to be seen. Tell me about it. Yeah, we have a, uh, our tra- first crowd of the year, Saturday, uh, 4 o'clock to... Uh, uh, to eight o'clock at the Sansom um, uh, Fields there uh, beside the uh, our great University of Tennessee, and uh, we have boys and girls tryouts, and um, it'll be year two. So uh, the number of players that uh, FC Alliance players that uh, we've had in college are a year older, and we're looking forward to having them uh, back and uh, participate on the team and uh, sharpen their skills in the summertime to get ready for college. Some are looking for professional contracts, and they use this as an opportunity to uh, uh, train, uh, play competitive games, and hopefully get good coaching and uh, get ready for that uh, you know, pro contract. So uh, the season is in uh, uh, May and June, and a little bit in July. So uh, we're excited to, to get started here with the first tryout. We have tremendous interest. I'm getting uh, 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 videos from uh, guys and girls uh, uh, as far as uh, California, actually, and a couple from different uh, countries. That would be interesting. But uh, it, it's exciting. Uh, people are in, are interested in playing for 865 Alliance this year. I'm, me and all the coaching staff are really pumped about it. You guys had a bang-up first year last year, which we taught, we documented uh, on the air in our local soccer community. And, and the thing that I liken it to, to, to kind of put it in um, the ways that folks can understand, is it's very similar to what's going on in the upper part of East Tennessee with baseball, with the Summer League, Wooden Bat League, which allows uh, a lot of the top college kids to stay sharp in the summer, and then yep. some other people to kind of pursue that dream. And that's sort of what you guys are doing. Uh, no, absolutely. Um, you know, they're done with the college in the spring, and what are they going to do in the summer? Um, they want to train. They want to play. They want to have a. Com- they want to have competitive games. They want uh, professional coaching yep. and, uh, the, and the opportunity for FC Alliance to add this layer uh, above their U19s to uh, um, um, amateur adult soccer uh, for these college players that uh, graduated through the FC Alliance Academy and, and other academies. Everybody's welcome to participate. Uh, it's just such a good opportunity for those uh, women and men to get that opportunity and uh, participate and uh you know, get ready to take, go to that next level for themselves. So if folks are interested, Saturday, talk to me here. Uh, give me the particulars. Well, the tryouts, uh, you know, you want to show up at, it's 4 to 8, so you want to show up at 3.30. Um, if there's any uh, uh, signing up, registration, if you haven't, you can do it online, 865alliance.com, follow the prompts, or you can walk up and, 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 and register there. We'll just get all your information. And then we'll go through uh, uh, warm-ups, and um, and play different types of uh, uh, nine versus nine, eleven v eleven games, so we can give everybody a good tryout and everybody a good look and have everybody evaluated. And then um, you know, last year I think roughly 150 guys came out for tryouts. We'll wow. whittle that number down, and then we'll have uh, we'll have another one, and we'll we'll go from there and end up with a roster of 25, 26 guys, 25, 26 women, and um, uh, over the spring continue to scout. Um, as you know, we'll continue to have calls and college coaches call us and say, hey, take a look at this player. I think he'd be perfect for, uh, uh, for your team. And we'll continue to do that through the spring and hopefully by the, uh, end of April have a, have a, have a roster and, uh, you know, get ready to start training and, and, and play games, uh, 
you know, early as May. Pretty next level. 865alliance.com. Thinking about those games in May and in the summer and June, July, you got me feeling warm all over again on a cold, rainy, wintry, <laughs> miserable, yes. brutal. Schneider's outside today and says the wind's blowing all over him. He was complaining. I told, yeah. I told, I told him. I said, brother, you need to be tough, like me in this <laughs> studio, in the controlled environment of the studio. But 865alliance.com is uh, where you get more information. And Laban DeFries, I appreciate you. I love you. You're my man. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate it. You know I love talking soccer, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Have a Dwight Gooden. Good talking Thank to you. you. Thank you. Or should I say a Hugo Sanchez. 865-200-5402 to number if you want to get in with us. As he leaves, again, 865alliance.com, 4 to 8, down to Samson Field. Or the tryouts on Saturday. If you got somebody in your family that wants to do that, a friend, friend group, whatever, let them know. We've been talking about Duvall's. We've been talking about what happened to last night. We've been talking about how it translates. Let me ask you this, Matt and Bri. Here are my lessons I learned. I've been working on this for the uh, for the bloggy for tomorrow over at tclub.team where we drop a couple thousand words on you just about every day. A fresh content. Pretty prolific stuff, if you ask me. And it's generally generally stuff that you're going to use around the water cooler, impress your friends, what have you. Like the other day, Matt had a great nugget on that game Saturday where Tennessee cracked the 90-point mark. That hadn't happened against that head coach. But here's some lessons I learned from Michigan. Michigan. You know, the maze, the blue. Hell to the cheaters cheating. Hell to the cheaters winning. Hell, hell to Michigan. The boat dock is off limits. Ha, ha. One. Lesson number one. Some of these are uh, perfunctory in nature. Some of these are comical. Most of these apply. Crime pays. That's my first lesson. And, Brian, I want you and uh, Matt to chime in, and let's add some, and the callers as well. Lessons we can take from this to get Tennessee football back. One of you, Matt, it might have been you. The last time Michigan won a national championship, what happened the next season, Matt? Well, they went to a, a, a new uh, postseason format, and the Big Orange won an Addy in the desert. Cut it down. Cut well, it freaking can down. Can we transport the... 98 secondary to 2024 and restore their eligibility. Well, those guys are in their 50s now. But, yeah, why not? They still have the athleticism of Tennessee secondary this year. Interesting. Hmm. Tank McCullough. That would help. No offense. That would help that repeat. You don't think think Deion Grant can still get out there and play? Crime pays. Harbaugh and staff were ruthless, careless, and cutthroat in their pursuit of winning it all. And they don't care. Matt Dixon said during the break, one of our breaks, that he would march Connor Stallions right down there. Uh, he would have had him there last night with his hand on the trophy. And he would bring Connor Stallions to the celebration and hold his hand in jubilation. Matt, are you serious about that? Absolutely. And I don't know how much it affected what they did the last you know few games. And I don't know how much different it is than the most other programs in terms of 
you know, this, the cheating stuff, or, I mean, obviously they were, went above and beyond with the sign stealing, but everybody cheats. I mean, every single one of the playoff teams that Brian talked about, all, you know, 40 of them, um, every single one of those teams were cheating their ass off. So in, in some form or fashion, obviously others more than, more than some, I mean, Alabama has got a program full of it, but no, I, 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 I hope, I hope Harbaugh hires stallions in some capacity with the chargers. That would be kind of one last kind of middle finger to the NCAA on the, a, on the way out. There's a rumor out there that Derek Jeter, Brady, and others are putting together a $200 million collective to keep Harbaugh's coach there. So who knows? Wow. That'd the, be impressive. The second lesson I learned, the second lesson I learned from last night, power is greater than finesse. Washington was overwhelmed by Michigan early and late in that football game. The middle part, they kind of held their own. But early and late, they were overwhelmed. And, you know, Tennessee is built similarly. Their approach is similar to Washington's approach. It just is. Now, Nico is better than Phoenix. But Tennessee needs better O-line play if you're going to hold up against a squad like that squad last night that Michigan threw on the field. I'm just I'm just taking lessons here. Lesson number three: talent really matters on defense. You have got to have the horses. The best defense usually wins it all. Last year it was it was that uh, Georgia bunch we saw. In years past, we saw Alabama with just commanding defenses go out there and win national championships. The best defense generally is going to win it all. Michigan has NFL guys. All over the place defensively. All over the place. And Matt was talking about earlier, their secondary and the way they tackled and came up and got guys on the field, there was one, one, one bad miss by uh, Michigan last night. It was early in that game, Washington's first possession after Michigan scored. Uh, One of those wide receivers shook a guy and got loose and got into the uh, plus side of the field uh, got into Michigan territory, but for the most part, they got guys right on the ground when they got hands on them. And then the fourth lesson I learned from last night is you can still win it all in college football with an average quarterback. Because that McCarthy guy, he can go walk around on the on the field in shoes and stockings before a game or in his stocking feet and he can go sit down there and do all that zen nonsense that he's doing crossing his legs and smoking his peace pipe and all that all that crap all that new age nonsense that he's doing he is average 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 and on a good day he's an average quarterback michigan's wide receivers are average too you don't even know who they are but their running game is elite. Their running game and defense is elite, and you can win with a running game and defense. Still, you can win titles that way. That's a great one, Brian. Yeah, running game. Their receiver. Matter. I think the receivers are, are and quarterback are, are a little bit better than average, but they're just good enough to where you can win playing the way they do. I mean, that McCarthy guy. He's played. He's okay. I guess three playoff games, the two this year and the one last. I mean, he got him beat last year with like three interceptions. Yep. And he should have got him beat last week against Bam. I mean, he yes. had that interception on the first play of the game. You're they right. Got, they lucked it. Like, he didn't play well in any of these games. And they still found a way to win. Like, if Washington had taken the lead early, 
I think you, it might have been a different game if you had forced Michigan to have to throw the ball, but I mean, Michigan just gashed them up front from the start. Well, so it, you know, it, you know Brian mentioned that. Me the, the, yeah, go ahead. That, I was going to say that. Go ahead, Brian. The Tennessee Georgia game in Athens in 2022. I, I but uh, I think Georgia played the role of Michigan, but 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 with, but with better player, better quarterback, better receivers. It, maybe running game similar. Tennessee was like Washington. Well, it, on that point, it's scary if you look at the numbers and stats between this Washington team and Tennessee's team last year, how similar they are. Um, the only exception is in uh, most areas, Tennessee was actually better than Washington um, in a, a bunch of these numbers, but they're very similar teams. Um, but you saw it. I mean, Washington just didn't have the defense to, to keep their offense in that game. And, and ultimately, Michigan's a much more talented team. And but that Washington team overachieved about as as much as you possibly can, just like TCU last year, and it just caught up to him at the end. But that was a heck of a season by them. That's that's kind of the blueprint that Tennessee has to follow. Um, you know, elite quarterback play. You know, get you some NFL receivers, and you can do a whole lot with that. And then you got to find a way to to however you do it, whether it's recruiting, you know, high school portal. You got to figure out a way to to have competent you know players across the board to complement those the elite skill position guys on offense and and help you have enough. And, and Washington didn't last night, but you know they still were fourteen and zero and got to the national title game playing playing basically the same kind of way that Tennessee intends to. So I, I think there's a lot of that's kind of the blueprint that I think Tennessee is going to have to follow, and, and you hope that it works out at some point. It's really interesting, guys. And, and thinking about what you're saying, um, both those teams were led by transfer quarterbacks who both ascended to the top of college football. And, and neither guy, when he went to that particular school, was thought to be an ascending player. Penix, when he transferred to Indiana, it was from Indiana, was kind of curious, like, why? And then, because uh, he wasn't exactly Sterling Golden uh, there. And then uh, Hinton Hooker obviously was left for kind of dead. I mean, even his own staff here recruited over him. But it, it is interesting. I mean, Matt, and, and Kellen DeBoer is a kind of like Heupel's age. I mean, they, they both are ascending head coaches. It's, it's an interesting point you brought up. It really is. I'd love and to see those numbers, quarter- by the way, Matt. I know you sent them to me. If you could get them to me, I'd like to get them in the blog tomorrow. I'd like to do that. We've we've seen years where every single playoff team all had a transfer quarterback in there. Texas quarterback transferred from Ohio State. And Boy, I good, think Brian. the only one that didn't transfer yeah, in this year was Alabama's. I'm telling you, the, the transfer... Well, yeah. I don't think McCarthy transferred in. The, the transfer quarterback thing is a big deal. McNamara... It's one of the, the, the transfer quarterback deal. Yeah, that guy sucked. The transfer quarterback deal is one of the things in this era that's going to lead to more parity. And they're going to find diamonds in the rough, too. Like, we were talking during the break. The the Miami fan base is upset with them because they're, they got a quarterback from Albany. I'm telling you, this guy can throw the ball around if they give him a chance. Now, I don't know if he's going to win their job. I haven't looked at their depth chart. But they got him yesterday, and people were laughing about it. And this kid was like 5'8 when he started, and he's over 6 feet now. And I watched him in the 1AA playoffs. And just like that Word kid, we saw him a couple years ago at Incarnate Word, and he could throw it around. I remember we were commenting on the air. You know, some of those guys can really play, 
and no doubt place a major college football. So it's really made the sport, all this movement, a lot Was more that interesting. Jared Verse, did he transfer from Albany? He sure did. Nah. Yes. They, they must have, they have a way to identify guys up there. That's going be interesting to see. They must. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey, Tony. How you doing? Hey, Zakai. Welcome in, brother. What's going Um you, you were asking, like, what lesson did you learn? From yeah, give me a lesson you learned from last night. Yep, that we can apply here. I think it's that you got to be more cutthroat as a coach. I mean, just in general, because it seems like Hypo is like a laid-back type of dude. He doesn't like, he seems like he doesn't like to fire people. But, you know, the saying goes, I mean, nice guys finish last. And as we mm-hmm. see Kirby, they cut, they, they fire staff, they get players in. Like, when it came to Quishon Junkins, I heard people on Twitter and stuff talking about something. Even though I think we weren't involved with him really like that anyway, but I heard people on Twitter saying, like, you know, we should go after him because we still got Denver Sanders. So we might, that might, you know, that might steer him the wrong way. But right. like, if you look at it, Alabama, they got four or five five-star running backs. They got top-notch running backs at the Yahoo. Like, you got to have, like, you want the quarterback. Even though Nico's there, we still got to recruit five-star quarterbacks to, to, to come in because, you know, it's all competition in the day and competition builds success. And that's why I think those guys are so good because they don't want to lose their spot. And so they play at the level that they play, and their coaches get that out of them because, like I said, they they put it in. And, like, if you don't want to play here, we got somebody behind you that's willing to play that's probably better or as good as you. And I think you just got to be more cutthroat. Like, he doesn't like to fire staff. And people made – like they said, Jim Harbaugh, after that 2020 season, he pretty much cleaned house with the people. He got he got more younger, experienced guys. And he's like, high just wasn't wants to keep his friends around. So it seems like, you know, I don't know how it's going to play out, but I just think you got to be more cutthroat. It is, it is a business at the end of the day. Yeah, after 2020 when he was on the ropes, after four years there, he made a bunch of staff changes. He did. And then they they implemented, apparently, uh, their uh, their new scouting system. I mean, I'm not trying yeah, to be funny. That's what they did. I mean, just things like that. Like, I mean, you know, it is what it is. If you, if you ain't cheap, you ain't trying and you see, you see it worked out. He got a championship at the deal. And we all, I mean, we're, I mean, I, I, just, I know we're probably doing something, but it's probably not to the level of that because, you know, you got to like you, you, you got to be more, you got to be more, you got to be more headstrong in this stuff. But you can't be laid back. You can't play nice no more. Like, we've been down too long for us to just be nice and just keep playing, playing by the rules that we got. We got to do what other people are doing. It seems to be working. Boy, that Judkins guy, I mean, just dreaming about it, which is kind of silly, but that Judkins guy in Tennessee's offense would be un, and I mean unreal, Matt Dixon. Yeah, with the, unreal. With the play guy. Uh, I mean, it would never happen, but I'm just talking in a hypothetical sense. If you were to, like, take a running back and say, give me the perfect running back for that offense, it would be that guy. He'd be scary in our offense. Now, I do, I do think Samson does have really good potential. I think he can, as long as he gets blocking together. But like I said, I think he he does have good potential to be to that level if he could just like I said, go and get it blocking together you know, yeah. and get get a few wrinkles in. But I think he could be a good player in our system. Yeah. Well, Zakai, you're the man. You bring it long and strong, brother. Thank you. Yes, sir. Because the thing about our head coaches, the thing you got to wonder, the thing I wonder about, because he's great scheme wise, and he's a really good man. But you do have to have a little shade of gangster to play the game. You got to have a little shade of that. I mean, it's a fair thing, right, Matt? To ask that. Well, I, I, I definitely think that that is is something that 
I don't know if if that is hypo, and and may, maybe you don't have to be that. Maybe because I don't I don't I don't want him to to be something he's not, and I don't want him to like be forced to make staff changes he doesn't truly believe in, or or things like that. Um, I think there's different approaches, and I just think that the cutthroatness that that Saban and Kirby have, while that is ultimately really successful, and it's how those guys have gotten to the top. Like I don't think that's who Josh Heupel is, so I don't think he can do that. But you, there is something to what Zakai is saying that you've got to be able to to make difficult choices, and sometimes you've got to cut bait with with guys that you, maybe you don't want to on a personal level, but just as a you know for your job to to keep advancing, you have to. Of course, the flip side is like that. Kalen DeBoer. Both of his coordinators were with him at that NAI job like 10 years ago, which is, I think, it's crazy. And they found a way to make it work. Isn't that amazing? Like there's, there's, there's different ways to do it, but I do think in the SEC, more than any other league, you need, you need to have that cutthroatness about you just in terms of, of talent acquisition and, and coaching staffs. Do you think uh, Jamie Chadwell could be in Kalen DeBoer's spot in a few years with – the fact that he's pretty loyal to the guys he coached with at lower levels. I don't know how how many of the defensive guys he took with him to Liberty. I think he cut bait with a lot of those guys. But I think he has some of them. I, I think Chadwell's got a chance to be a really good college coach. No it'll doubt be, about it. It'll be curious to see when he takes that step to what job it is. If he were a stock, I'd buy him, and I sure hope he doesn't end up. I sure hope he does not end up, and I mean this. At Florida. I'm just going to say that out loud. You know, I think yeah. it's going to be that jet, jet fish guy at Florida is who I think they're going to get. Well, he's from there. He's Florida grad. That would make sense to me. That would make That, that probably sense wouldn't scare a lot of fans, but I think that would be a great hire for him, for them. That he's would real, make sense to me. He's done really well at Arizona. Absolutely makes sense to me. Jordan Moore, underscore 21, on Twitter. Matt, are you buying, selling, or trading? You ready? ESPN's updated their percentages for Tennessee in the NCAA tournament. Here we are in January. It's two months away, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, children of all ages, gather round your device and listen to what I'm throwing down. Because I fix broken hearts. Sweet 16, Matt. 64% chance. Buying, selling, or trading? Uh, definitely not buying, but I wouldn't really sell you. That seems about right. Maybe a tad high, but that's a pretty good number. 40% chance, Matt, to make the Elite Eight. Oh, I'd, I'd sell that all day. 22% chance, Matt, to make the Final Four. I'd sell, yeah, I'd sell <laughs> that all day. 1 in 10 <laughs> chance, Matt, to make the title game. One in t- oh, yeah, I'm, I'm selling all that. 1 in 20 chance to cut it down. I, I mean, I, I might, since it's... It's kind of long odds. You might buy a little bit of stock in that, just to, just to have. The Vols currently have the fourth best chance, percentage-wise, to win the NCAA championship. Houston, Purdue, and Arizona are the only schools with better chances. Are you buying, selling, or trading, Matt, this conversation? Uh, I, I would sell Tennessee being fourth, but I would also sell all three teams ahead of them, too. I wouldn't buy any team winning it all with this stock right now. I just don't think there's a great team, I think. It'll be a lot about matchups and who's healthy and who, who develops over the next, you know, two months. What uh, 
what odds would you have given Connecticut a year ago at this time at this exact? That's exactly season? right, Brian, and that's what's going to happen every well, they year. They were a top ten. They were a top ten team. Hey, with Matt, an uber talented roster. The criticism of Barnes that Ziegler is playing too much. Are you buying, selling, or trading that criticism because they want him to play forty minutes a night? I've been told. I I, I buy that long term. I think that's very valid. You don't need him playing more than thirty three minutes in blowout games. I should say they want him playing 40 minutes when March rolls around is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, that that's fine, but I think you need to cut back minutes right now. To the not, I mean, you can't play him because he plays so hard. So hard. And he, you know, he'll pick up guys full court. I mean, the guy plays his ass off every second of the game, and you've got to be able to take him out and give him a little bit of a break at times. Like, they should have done that Saturday. And I get why they're doing it, and maybe hopefully it works. I hope I'd, I'd love to be wrong on that, but I just think the, with how tough and how much he effort he spends, especially defensively covering guys, that it that wear and tear eventually just he just break down. Maybe maybe even just mentally, but also physically. Sunbelt yams, um, aka Sunbelt Billy at Florida, Matt. According to Kevin Brockway, through Florida quarterback DJ Lagway. Napier is going to call the offensive plays in 2024. Back to the phones we go. So, Mark and Columbia, you can call in tomorrow. All upset about that. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hi, you're on the air. Welcome to the Tuesday hey, edition. Hey, Tony. Yo. Richard. Hey, Richard, welcome in. Oh, man. Uh, wonderful. You got a chance to listen a little bit yesterday, and which we'll talk a little bit on the offensive line thing there for a moment. But, hey, first of all, uh, national championship game. Uh, hey, we 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 kind of owe Michigan a little bit uh, because they did beat Alabama last week. Because after watching that game, if if Alabama would have won last week against Michigan, they would have beat Washington last night and won another natty. So at least we owe Michigan that man. They kept Bama from winning another one. So, amen to that. What do you guys think? You guys agree with that? Bama would have beaten Washington. Well, think how think how close Saban came from taking a nine and three team to uh, winning a natty he was in overtime with michigan he's crazy man. just a week ago he's crazy how good he i is. mean with that quarterback mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well that's, that's it, weird it, uh, well i'll i'll say this they're Sydney. stuck with that quarterback next year and they're not winning at all with Jalen Milrow at quarterback no only sir. crazy i don't think i don't think he's not good enough as a passer no sir well uh michigan was smart enough to do one thing take away their deep shots down the the field, which is that's the one pass he's good at, and say, "Hey, beat us underneath," and and of course he couldn't with the pressure on him. So um, smart by them, but uh, no, Michigan earned it, man. That physical, physical football team, uh, most physical team uh, all year, and they and they won it, uh, even with the few deficiencies they had, man. That, that physical grind in which they play uh, just wore every team out. Give them kudos, man. Built a built a strong team with trenches, and uh, it paid off. So. Uh, but hey, Tony, get in on the uh, uh, conversation. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat as X, man. Um, I, I kind of look at this three-year run offensively, and I'm smart enough, I think, to understand that I know Heifel has a good system, and I like him as a, a offensive coach. But still, every offense does not go without offensive line play. Period. I don't, and it doesn't matter, you know, people go, he's not developing. Well, but you want your offensive line coach to develop your players to your system, to run what your head coach and your offensive guys are saying, this is what we got to do. And as far as I'm concerned with the numbers we're putting up, I think they are 
doing a pretty good job of getting the most out of the players you got. Um, yes, what did they miss in their first two years in recruiting? Yeah, I think for Ellaby, it's a learning process. And um, now that he's at a school like Tennessee with Heupel, um, but I think they've come on the last couple of years, uh, this freshman class and then this upcoming class. And then like um, you know, X said, uh, two of the two of the elite offensive tackles are one two right now with Tennessee, and uh, it, and they'll all tell you they have a great relationship with LB. So I think it's he's turned in that and he understands it. I just think sometimes you know because we're not we we haven't landed that portal offensive line again. Everybody's panicking and throwing it and like we got to get rid of the guy, and that would be just the Tennessee thing is to take a guy that's done a great job with the, what he's had and worked with it. And got performance on the field and want to get rid of them. It, it just to me be the most stupidest thing in the world. Do you buy the concept of um, booster unrest? Do you buy it, Tony? There's always booster unrest when you're giving that kind of money. <laughs> you know, if I had that kind of if I had that kind of pocket change and I'm throwing that kind of money into a program to to go out and get players and do this and that. Oh, sure, I can see it. That's a good so, point right uh, there. That's a good point, but. But I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> Amen. So, but uh, but no, I, I think it's all going to work out um, well for us. I, I like the path because Tony, we're on the precedent of getting. A, a, you know, Nico was our highest uh, quarterback since Peyton that we've recruited. We're on the cusp of getting our third in George McIntyre, the kid here who's a top ten player in the nation, um, committing and. Uh, uh, he's already trying to line up a Super 25 class to come with him of players all around, and uh, uh, 25's looking really good. You know, it is uh, it is full steam ahead, Richard, to the playoff next year. Full steam ahead, my brother. Well, let, let, let's hope that uh, from what I'm hearing on the big offensive tackle that left LSU because he wants to start, from what I understand, a lot of the behind things are going on kind of with um, – uh, him wanting to play left tackle, and what I'm understanding now is that um, John Campbell is willing to move over to right tackle and play that position so they can bring him in to play left tackle. Uh, whether that's true or not, I'm not sure, but there's a lot of a lot of motion still with him, trying to get him uh, to come to Knoxville because they see him as a, a, as a true starter on that offensive line um, next year as, as one of the tackle spots. So, you know, he ain't committed nowhere. Uh, Tennessee's right there with Oklahoma. Let's see if they bring it to the finish line. Uh, and if they don't, boy, these guys are going to snap. I appreciate you, Richard. Thank you. Whether it's fair or not. But that's what boosters, that's what these people want. They want to see them get home with one of these guys. Whether that's fair or not, I have no idea. That's fair. That LSU tackle is special. Very good player. He's not a typical Poro guy. He's like an elite. He just, you know, LSU had a surplus of, of tackles and he couldn't play. That guy's like an NFL guy. He can play. By the way, if you can get if you can get him, that really over you can overcome a whole lot of other deficiencies up front. That's indicative of the type of uh, athlete LSU has on their roster, Matt. Right? Uh, yeah, because I think they had like two true freshman five star tackles the last two years that they've been playing. Imagine that. Um, so they got they got a squad down there. I mean, they got a guy. I mean, he's not table scraps. He's a nice player, but they got they got a guy there that Tennessee and Oklahoma are going to fight over, and a bunch of other people. Well, he's a five star guy who, who's as good as his ranking, and he just happened to not have a starting spot. So he's kind of a unique guy in the portal. Usually, you're getting 
you know, a guy who's, you know, maybe not as good as he, they thought he was or, or whatever. This guy's legit and can play. So he's a, he'd be a huge get for Tennessee or, or Oklahoma, whoever gets him. Did you guys get, could be the difference in that game next fall. Back to the phones. We, uh oh, the, the winner take all. In other words, on this kid, winner take all. That's almost what it's like now. You think about the portal, right? And you look at your schedule and you go, man, we got to get that guy so they don't get him. Or you're getting ready to play an opponent. Like in NC State a couple weeks ago, they have a DB going to the portal. Why don't we take that kid and get their playbook and their system and we play him in week two? Why don't we just do it? Why don't we just do it for those isn't reasons? That, isn't that what is that what Belichick does in the NFL? That, sure. Wasn't he known for that? Sure. He'd always sign a guy that just got cut. That's sure. Really smart. It is smart, and and I guarantee you in college football they'll that will filter to the game. Why I bet that goes on a lot more now with so many guys transfer. I bet that goes on a ton oh. now. That's really interesting. You look down at your schedule and you go, oh, okay, that guy's available from there. They're on our, we play them in week three. Oh, this guy here, and we, if we don't get him, Oklahoma will. And if Oklahoma gets him, that gives them a leg up in our game in late September like Matt's talking about. I mean, that's that's what we're doing now. It's borderline pickup football. Did you guys catch what Peggy said in the middle of her phone call about Ray Finkel? Do you guys remember who Ray Finkel is? Either one of you, movie buffs? The field goal Uh, kicker in Ace Ventura. Don't think so. Ace Ventura's field goal kicker. Laura texted me and said, you have no idea what she just said to you, do you? She's playing like 3D underwater chess when she comes on. She continues to do this with me. Yeah, we're playing playing checkers. Come on, Peggy. Come on, Peggy. Peggy, I'm not literate, so you've made some literary references on here. You were the Raven. We read the Raven one day together, and then the only thing I know about the Raven is Scott Levy was the rep, the Raven in uh, ECW back in the '90s. And now you're slipping in obscure movie references on me. I mean, I'm you know I'm not worthy over here. Peggy's cultured, Tone. To the phones we go. <laughs> She's an elite caller, I mean, I, I, saw, I saw it early on. Elite. I mean, elite. Uh, I mean, from the hallowed hills of Cosby, I believe. Elite. Wow. Oh, absolutely. Hey, uh, you know, uh, this whole deal has changed so much. I don't know if I know what quality cheating looks like going ahead. Infiltrating I mean, somebody's, like, program and sidelines and stealing their signals, wearing a hat of another... Dressing like yeah. an opposing coach, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, what's next? You know, how do you top that? That's how do you top good. that? Yeah, They're trying right now. You know, they're... I mean, the paying players, you can't, that's not fun anymore. Doesn't matter. That's just boring, yeah. right? Everybody's doing that's, it, that's, yeah. Nobody gets a mean hit off that anymore. So, uh, I mean, what do you got to do? Is, I mean, is it blackmail? Is that where we're going? Or what, what are we doing now? I'm telling you, this whole thing about do I pull guys off rosters to steal their playbook, uh, get them to get them to transfer in, you know, uh, who knows where we're going next? Do, hey, do I pay a kid under the table to send me a, the playbook of the team we're playing next week? Yeah. You know, I mean, what w- what will we stop at? <laughs> I mean, in the people that oh my gosh, because to hear Chris Fowler last night whitewash that cheating deal. 
And Herbie, the way they were whitewashing that thing, he said, well, you know, they overcame that bump. The bump? The bump? A bump bump is like overcoming an injury to a player. Not when you get caught with your hand in the cookie jar with a guy down on the sidelines dressed like an assistant coach who (laughs) who literally looked like a guy that should be on the registry. No offense, Tom. Oh, man. And you, and you think Alabama, they're upset, thinking that it was unjust. They're saying, we, did, we were doing this six years ago. I mean, how could they have it worked out for us? We deserve yes. to be in there. Yes. I mean, what in the world? Uh, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, college football and cheating has always won championships, I think, didn't it? Yep. You just got to be careful and do it at the right schools. Uh, you know, you go in there and do that somewhere else, and you're not part of the club, that's not going to go well. Absolutely and, uh, incredible. Hey, I watched the uh, – I've never done this before, but yep. you, you talked me into watching the old uh, South Dakota and uh, Montana game. Not bad football. Not bad football. Yeah, it was kind of enjoyable. Um, the NCAA president on there was one of the worst interviews I've seen from a leader in a while. Did you catch that? No, sir. I forgot the game was he, on. He, he <laughs> Well, he acted like – uh, he just landed on the planet, and uh, you can tell this guy knew nothing about what was going on. It was kind of bizarre. First time ever being to the event, and which I know he's new, but but still, it was it was sort of just bizarre. Was, I don't know. I was thinking this is kind of weird, but uh, man, they had a pretty good event there, pretty good energy there. Um, I like football kind of at that level. You know, our next year when you get into it. And you watch uh, games from those cold-weather climates. When they're playing in snow and every type of condition you can think of up there in uh, the great Northwest and up there in big sky country, it's a really cool sport. It really is. It's, it's, it's different. I mean, and it means a lot to those small communities there. It really does. You know, the one thing, it seemed as if uh, almost inappropriate that they were playing the game in warm weather. Uh, you know, I get that, but it seems like that, that type of ball almost needs to be in one of those climbs. But I, I don't know. Uh, then again, I know nothing about it. That's the first time I've ever watched it. Yep. Um, but it, it was kind of enjoyable. It was something to watch. Uh, you can tell the kids cared and the people cared. And, and to me, it's you know, it's sports. So that was good. Uh, Tennessee basketball going forward. You know, my concern, Tony, is uh, what strategies are they going to make to uh, – I think they need to get to the free throw line a little bit more. Am I wrong? No, I think you're exactly right. Yeah, the Vols, offensively, relying on guys hitting shots, they need to be. I love what they did the other night attacking the 10 with Adu. I'd like to see yeah. more guys doing that. They want Connect playing downhill more. That's one of the things they've been mm-hmm. impressing upon him. I think he's pretty good when he catches the ball with the back to the basket, too. Amen to that. On, on, on the post. He's pretty good, but they don't hack his arms off. That's probably the first the first part of the deal. Well, the thing he's going to uh, notice next year when he's in a league where they allow freedom of movement, he's going to absolutely explode next year in the NBA when oh, he gets an opportunity. Oh, he's going to be so much better when you can use your arms. Yeah, he and really is. This is crazy. But, um, one last thing, and I'll get out of here, is um, when you see – how do we see – you know um, – 
our guards. It's, it's, it's tough sharing the ball that much, I think, some way. Uh, but how do you see them panning out going down the hit? I mean, as we go down the SEC run here, I mean, are they going to be able to continue to share that thing, or is, is people going to get greedy and worry about their stats? No, I, I don't think, and R, thank you. We, we can talk about that tomorrow. I don't think with this team that's going to be a problem. This is a veteran team. They all understand each other. They all know each other. They all kind of know who they are at this point in terms of pro prospects, that sort of thing. I just don't think that's a problem. Huge news in Nashville. Mike Vrabel, according to multiple sources, has been fired. Six seasons at the helm, 54-45, and 45, reached the playoffs three times, including an AFC title appearance. One of the great young coaches in professional football, in my opinion, Really, really terrible, 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 terrible decision. Terrible decision by the Titans. Just a terrible, the world is laughing at you decision. And trust me, my franchise has been laughed at a lot. The world is laughing at you. What a terrible decision. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM FM, Columbia, Tennessee. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello from the Tillis Jewelry family. We want to extend our heartfelt thanks to all of our wonderful customers who trusted us to provide perfect gifts this holiday season. It's time for us to take a short holiday break from December 30th to ring in the new year and we'll be back open on January 9th. We've got an exciting year ahead and can't wait to serve each one of you in the new year. From our family to yours, Happy New Year from the Tillis Jewelry family on West 7th Street in downtown Columbia. Stay tuned for updates on Facebook and Instagram. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job and fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. Don't let pain keep you out of the game. Murray Regional Physical Therapy's experienced team of therapists can help you recover from surgery, injury, or illness by designing a plan that meets your unique needs. We utilize state-of-the-art equipment and proven techniques to help you get back to doing the things you love. Schedule a consultation at any of our convenient Southern Middle Tennessee locations by calling 931-380-4014. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. In Tuscaloosa, we live by the blue-collar basketball motto. Stepping back, deep three, bottom. Hard work. Two on one, driving, stepping through, tough shot, got it to go. Dedication. Front court to the rack. Oh! And teamwork. Play the song for the champions of the Southeastern Conference. Join us for every game right here on your home for Alabama basketball. Right here, Saturdays on WKOM 101.7 FM. Debbie Matthews Realtor and her husband Jason, who is a pro songwriter, also own a music publishing company. They live in historic downtown Columbia with their dogs. Dog rescue work is their passion project. They consider Middle Tennessee their backyard and their lives are full of all things Tennessee. Debbie says there is no greater honor than to help someone find a home. To be trusted with that job, there is no greater privilege. Call Debbie at the Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224, 615-476-3224. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. 
I, I look. I don't want to sit here and clown the Titans. What a clown show organization that is. First of all, first of all, New England. First of all, first of all, first of all, New England wants him. What are you doing? Turn it into draft picks at least. I mean, what a clown show. And the guy is a very, very, very good NFL coach. Very, I'll trade with you tomorrow. If he lands in Philly, I will be thrilled. Thrilled. He's a great young coach. You people are not doing better. I'm sorry. You are not. Harbaugh's I, never going to work for a clown organization like the Harbaugh. That's. They think you might maybe it, get Matt. Jack Harbaugh. Maybe. Maybe. In the meantime, I love you. TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime coming up to the radio listener. This fun and frivolity continues at tclub.t. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.